Hello, everybody. David Kloniger with the Charleston Post and Courier here, welcoming you to another edition of Countdown to Kickoff. South Carolina, two and one. Uh, went on the road at Georgia last week, and whilst most people expected a blowout, they were blown out. Uh, but there are a lot of questions going around Columbia right now about South Carolina's approach to the next game. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the next game against Kentucky. And we'll also talk about the career of our special guest today. Uh, pleased to welcome a man who was a USC player from 2006 to 2010, still a school record holder in career field goal percentage, a three-year NFL veteran. And the best thing I can say about him, which I can only say about a handful of God's chosen people, he's from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Please welcome Spencer Lanning. Spence, how you doing? Hey, buddy, how are you doing? I appreciate the intro. That's I don't get that very often. I'm going to have to hang out with you more often. <laughs> well, you know how it is, man. I like to take care of my guys. <laughs> I appreciate that. We got to watch we out. We go back a ways, don't we? That's right. That's right. Good people. Uh, I know that uh, you still keep up with South Carolina football. In fact, Spencer was the guy who clued me in that within three days, two weeks ago, Ryan Suckup and Parker White each hit a 36-yard game-winning field goal from the left hash. Uh, Ryan in the NFL and then Parker at East Carolina. So I appreciate that shout out, Spencer. Yeah, pretty unique little thing there, a little tidbit. There you go. Uh, I know that you, you keep up with the Gamecocks still, so let's just get into Let's talk about Georgia. Um, I didn't expect, uh, you know, a great result going into the game, but I thought, well, just, just show up, fight hard, compete. Let's see what you got. And they did fight hard. I thought the Gamecocks played hard throughout the game, but obviously the results weren't great. Offense wasn't great. What did you take away from the game? So, you know, when I look sort of back at the game, you know, I agree with it that they fought hard. I think that, you know, that was a major difference between, um, you know, some of the, the games in the past from the previous years when they, you know, sort of got outmatched, I guess. Uh, and there's no denying that, that Georgia has a terrific uh, team. And, you know, sort of the, to piggyback on what Coach Beamer said after the game, you know, they, they have a, a roster full of studs, right? And that, you know, that doesn't mean necessarily they're outcoached. Um, you know, and they still wear the same pads and the same helmets that we do. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think I mentioned to you in the past about sins and self-inflicted negatives. And, right. and you can't you can't make mistakes against good ball clubs. And that's something that when I was playing, Coach Spurrier sort of, you know, um, spoke about pretty much weekly. Yep. Um, obviously, a lot of questions around Columbia, around the South Carolina program about their offense. And I think the, the problem, Spencer, is they said, well, you know, if the offense just kind of been decent in the first two games and then gotten hammered at Georgia, well, you know, Georgia's real good, so that one's excused. But it really hasn't been. The offense has been inconsistent at best. It's kind of sputtered. The offensive line has looked, frankly, overmatched at times. What have you seen from a former player's perspective? So I think, um, you know, and not to bring up, you know, unique challenges and, and talk about, you know, the adversity, because I think, um, you know, every every team goes through those little bits of adversity. I think, you know, um, you know, uh, having Doty sort of get, you know, injured or, you know, and having to play Zeb, you know, I can't imagine uh, I, when that first was mentioned that that was a possibility, you know, I, you know, I couldn't help but, you know, try to put myself in his shoes and think, you know, wow, what an opportunity, because in his mind, he's already come to terms with, you know, never throwing another pass. And next thing you know, he's sort of living the dream again. So, um, you know, and I can't imagine trying to install an offense um, surrounding a guy that, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get. Now, I think he did excellent for what he was um, given. Right. Um, you know, but I think that uh, the O-line still has some questions. And, you know, that's one of the big things I know that they're going to focus on this week and try to establish a little bit of a running game and try to take some of that pressure off, um, you know, because, you know, one thing that 
you know, Coach Beamer alluded to, and I saw often is that they were rolling that corner in. And, yeah. uh, you know, we were having a hard enough time, you know, picking up their schemes up front with just the big guys. The next thing you know, you got a wicked fast guy coming off the edge and it, it just throws a wrench in things. And we did, really didn't have an answer for it. So, you know, hopefully, um, you know, coming into it, uh, this game, you know, we'll be able to establish the running game because I think that opens up the rest of the, the entire playbook. Sure. I mean, I think we all know, uh, Spencer, that the got to run the ball to be successful. That's their strength. That's what they want to do. Nothing against the quarterbacks, but it's just been like, look, you, you've got an 1,100-yard rusher in your stable, so you got to use that guy. You don't want to have to depend on the pass, although the passing game, I mean, you see it. It hasn't been great, but it hasn't been terrible. Uh, you see some things happening there where Josh Van, a guy who really hadn't done much for three years, is becoming a stud receiver. So you have options there, but you obviously want to get that running game started. So – it is a case of like, how are you going to do it? Um, I look at some of the offensive line schemes and say, okay, something's not right here because there are four starters back and those starters had a really good rushing attack last year. What have you seen from that, Spencer? Have you had the same uh, concerns I have? Yeah, so, you know, I think, um, you know, everybody has these big uh, flashy offensive playbooks, right? And they, and they, I think there's a lot of offensive, especially um, new offensive coordinators in a new regime. Um, you know, it, it would be my thought that you would want to come out and sort of establish yourself and sort of prove to Gamecock Nation and to the rest of the, you know, the SEC that, you know, we have a powerful offense and sort of, you know, present the big package, uh, you know, for the big unwrapping. So I think, you know, that's sort of that would be what my mindset would be. And then I think, you know, taking into account with the, the, the quarterback situation um, and that that little step back in adversity. But, yeah, absolutely. I think we in my mind, you would want to commit to simple schemes that can be effective um, and, and just commit to pounding the ball. And like you said, we've got a, a, a stable full of horses. Um, you know, I've been super impressed with Juju and watching him sort of, you know, be a dynamic, um, you know, as small as he is, he runs straight up and down. It reminds me a lot of Josh Cribbs, um, you know, so he hits the hole with some power. So I think that they have a lot of talent back in the backfield. I think they have a talented team and, and, um, you know, let's not forget that this is a very young team and I think that they are absolutely headed on the, uh, the right track. Um, but yeah, it, to me, I, I, I'd really like to see him just line up and commit to pounding the ball. And then, like you said, that, that opens up everything in the SEC. There you go. And uh, just as so now is a good time. Thanks for everybody for attending. If you have a question for myself or for Spencer, please log it into the Q&A section on the bottom of your screen there. Um, you know, uh, Marcus Satterfield did say this year or, or this week, uh, Spencer, and it's not an excuse, but it is kind of a reason. Keep in mind, they designed this playbook to revolve around Luke Doty, a running quarterback. They thought right. Harris would be fine. And all of a sudden, you're a week into preseason camp, Luke Doty sprains his foot, and he's gone for the rest of preseason and didn't play the first two games. And Kevin Harris had all-season back surgery, didn't play the first game, and was limited in the second game. So there is still a benefit of the doubt that, well, you know, you design your playbook around these two guys and they weren't available. So maybe that leads into the problem. But from a uh, ex-player's perspective, Spencer, from a fan's perspective, what do you look at for this weekend's game in Kentucky and say, I want to see this right off from an offensive perspective? So I think we need to uh, challenge the edge. You know, it, when Georgia was able to sort of pin their ears back and seal the edge so that, you know, the, the pocket sort of collapsed on us when we were trying to run the ball. Um, you know, it, we really don't have anything on the outside to bounce. You know, we were running very linearly north-south. Um, and obviously that sort of takes away from uh, a team's dynamic ability to, you know, really open up the offense. And like you mentioned, you, you take away the fact that, you know, 
Luke can get outside the pocket and actually, you know, pose a threat and run those speed options, you know, I'd be, um, you know, obviously it wouldn't be very much. They would not be thinking that I would ever be running the ball if I were back there. So, uh, you know, but I, I know that that has to go into the game plan. And, I, and like you said, I can't imagine designing an offense and, you know, getting somebody coached up and putting their faith in, um, you know, hope in them. And then, you know, but I think that's ultimately something that, that, you know, will hopefully get this, uh, the staff and take a little bit of the edge off, you know, if everything runs too perfect, uh, middle of the year, something, a little hiccup usually ends up being, you know, extremely detrimental. So I'd rather, it's not ideal, but I'd rather go ahead and get through the bumps in the road right now. Defensively, you know, USC has some busts against Georgia, but their third straight game, and obviously only three games in the season, where they had multiple takeaways. I mean, they're getting their hands on some loose footballs there, Spencer, and just how much does that do for the morale of a team, the confidence of a team on the sideline when you see those guys pull down an interception or recover a fumble? So, you know, I think it does everything. You know, I can remember, you know, uh, watching, you know, Stefan Gilmore, Chris Culliver, Emmanuel Cook, uh, you know, Norwood. You can imagine all those guys. And, and, and there was something special on that defense that I played with for sure. And I can't tell you how awesome it was to, to watch the defense just go out there and fly around. And, you know, did we get burned a couple of times? Absolutely. But I think, you know, anytime on a defensive scheme, as Coach Berger would say, you know, there's always a hole somewhere. So, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things that, you're sort of playing chess and hoping that you're, you're gambling on the right things as a defense. And I, like I said, I, I've been very impressed with their, their ability to fly around and, and sort of celebrate with each other when the big plays do happen. Yeah. So Georgia aside, let's look ahead to Kentucky. Now, Spencer, you know, when you were in school, this was a, a gimme game. You guys pretty much always beat Kentucky. Of course, your senior year. I was about to say. Kind of fell apart there. <laughs> yeah, a little trap game, huh? Not a not not a great deal for the Rock Hill kids. That game is our is our call either. Yeah, but yeah. Try to block that one out as much as possible. It happens, but uh, you know this series was very one sided. South Carolina won fourteen to fifteen in one stretch against Kentucky, but since that stretch ended, Kentucky's won six out of seven. Now, some of that USC was going through some rough seasons where coaching change didn't have the roster. Some of them they just lost. Uh, but what I look at, Spencer, Kentucky's got an underrated program right now. Bob Stoops has had a 10-win season. He's had a few eight-win seasons. What have you seen from the Wildcats as they've continued to grow under Stoops? So, you know, I think they got a, a very – I think what they were missing in the past was a, a super dynamic quarterback, and I think that they, they've they got that in uh, Levis, Levis, whatever his uh, – Levis. Yep, yeah, he, he's back there, and, you know, when he's – they're a little feast or famine too at the moment on offense and defense for that matter. But, you know, I think that, you know, it's, they have that capability of hitting it while it's hot, just like we do. And if, if we can just sort of get things rolling and, or if they could just sort of get things rolling in the right direction, you know, when they've, um, you know, watch how they started out of the gate versus Missouri um, and not so much at the end, uh, same thing, you know, sort of the Chattanooga game was sort of, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was a wake up call. And, and I know that coach Stoops and that family does a terrific job. And uh, I guarantee you he is just running that through their head this week to make sure that, that doesn't happen again this week because, you know, um, you know, it's going to be national spotlight again and an opportunity to, to for recruiting. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, Kentucky's got a good ball club. and they, They're very, very, very well coached. I know they got a new offensive coordinator, too. So they're, they're mm -hmm. dangerous. Well, one thing about Mark Stoops, uh, the only blemish really on his record, I think he's only won eight SEC road games. Right entire tenure at Kentucky, but guess what, sports fans, two of them have been in Columbia. 
So <laughs> obviously not that intimidated by. Yeah, uh, they, they've got to watch right. out, and including was that 2017 game where it started out perfect. You know, Debo Samuel scores on the first play, right? Throws an interception, but things just have a habit to start snowballing there, and they did that game. So you look at this one. They have Will Levis really throwing the ball well. They have Chris Rodriguez running the ball well. They have Wandale Robinson catching the ball well. Their defense has been kind of suspect. As Spencer mentioned, they've kind of taken a while to get going on offense the last couple of games. But what are the keys to this game for USC to win? I think, uh, you know, eliminating the big plays for Kentucky on offense. You know, if you look at some of their like, – we always call them home run balls. It, they are running a long – play action. There's some other plays, you know, they don't really have a uh, bailout underneath. They don't have, you know, a little uh, flare to dish out on They're They're swinging for the fences, so to speak. It's either throw it away for an incompletion or uh, try to hit it out of the park for that quarterback. And he's got a, a very quick windup and he can sling it. Um, and, you know, I think eliminating those big plays and trying to contain the run, just like, you know, I'm sure, um, you know, they're going to try and plan against us. It's almost like, yeah, they're, they're, the game plan, I think, is probably going to be similar for each other. And, and, you know, and just trying to eliminate the self-induced negatives that, you know, we were sort of talking about earlier. Because I think that's ultimately, um, you know, the takeaways is probably going to be the difference in the game. Yeah, they've got some horses up front on that offensive line. I think they're uh, the average probably about 305 per man. There's only one sub 300 pounder on that entire line. They're big, they're strong, they're experienced. And as we saw last week, it doesn't matter how good of a defense is. If you can't get any pressure on the quarterback, he's going to find a man to throw it. South Carolina couldn't touch JT Daniels. And if they try or if they can't get anything done against Will Levis this Saturday, probably going to be a long night. Just what can you do, Spencer, as a defensive guy to say, all right, we're not getting any pressure with this. Do you sell out and try to blitz every play? Or is that just leaving you too exposed on the back end? So, uh, you know, once again, I think on defense as a defensive coordinator, I think you're you're a little bit of a gambler, right? You know, uh, I think you're trying to hit it at the right time and, you know, you're trying to corner roll and you're trying to, you know, throw some exotic formations in there for these guys uh, to try and mix it up a little bit. I don't know if that's dropping D-line, um, you know, and sort of you know, blitzing the, the mic or, you know, I, don't, I really don't know what necessarily that looks like if it's manning up and, you know, trying to sort of get some pressure mm -hmm. on the quarterback. Um, I guarantee you they're going to throw them a lot of, especially if he hasn't really been challenged with some of the, uh, the, the zones and uh, formations and stuff and looks on defense. I guarantee you they're going to have a lot of um, – they built in a lot of schemes for the SEC and some of these quarterbacks are going to see. Yeah, looking at Kentucky, I mean, just their, their defense, it seems like, well, these guys probably aren't going to be that tough to run through. But then again, we probably could have said the same thing about Eastern Illinois and East Carolina, and you saw how much South Carolina struggled at times to run through there. So I guess what I want to know, Spencer, here, if you've got the plan, you say we're going to hand the ball 30 times to Kevin Harris. How much patience can you have with that saying it's going to work, it's going to work, it's going to work? Is there a point where you look up at the scoreboard and say, okay, we got to quit this and start doing something else? Or can you have the patience to run that the whole game? So, you know, I think it's a, um, a little bit of a gut check thing, maybe in the locker room, if it were me, you know, I, I would go to the offense and just say, hey, guys, this is our plan and we're committed to it. I believe that, you know, our team is better than their team and, and you know, we're going to line up and see what happens, right? You know, Coach Furr used to challenge our players a lot uh, in big situations and big games. Um, and a lot of times we probably were a little bit outmanned. Um, but, you know, to me, if, if, if that's the game plan, then we're committing to it. And, and it's one of those hell or high water type scenarios where, 
Um, you know, you don't want to get let the game slip away. Uh, but if you can sort of control the negatives and, and you can pound the rock, you know, I think going three and out and punt for field position, and that's a former punter saying this, uh, you know, is ain't a bad strategy sometimes in the SEC. Sure. Yeah. Night game, Williams Price Stadium. Last year, there were some night games, but it wasn't the, the full effect because of COVID restrictions, no restrictions. This year, in terms of capacity, fans check the face mask requirements if you got to wear one, but that's a, you, you should be able to be in there. And I think there's less than 1,000 tickets available for this game. How much does the game atmosphere matter for a game like this, Spencer? So I, I think, it, you know, when I look back at the biggest games I played in, I think about how much the crowd played into those games. I think about Ole Miss on Thursday night. Um, you know, I think about Alabama at home. You know, I think about playing Georgia at home. I think all those big-time SEC matchups matter. And I think that especially at night uh, with our fan base and, and, you know, you've seen what it means to Coach Beamer. And, and he is – what you see is what is what he was when I was playing. And that's – he makes him a very special human being and, a, and an excellent coach. And I think, um, you know, that is is really easy to sell to players and get players to buy into. It was easy for me to buy into, you know, that he was going to love and support us and give us, you know, all the coaching that we needed. And, um, you know, so I think that the, the cockpit's going to be rocking. I hope it's going to be rocking. I hope we can sort of push it to a sellout. Uh, sadly, I'll be in New York watching, but I'll be screaming at the TV uh, with me and my two little girls, my wife up here in New York. <laughs> I was about to say, I know you kind of married or met, met your wife in Carolina, and I know that you kind or with Clemson roots, but how does it go in your family? You guys all, you know, all in for, for South Carolina these days? Yeah, so, you know, I think uh, when we have guys, you know, after the, the the players that we played with and some of the coaches, you know, as they sort of leave, you know, it sort of gets to be, you know, where you're still a fan of South Carolina. I'm never going to stop, you know, and, and, but, you know, now that now that it's just a little more special now, right? You know, we have Coach Beamer. We have one of our own. And, um, you know, I think my mom and dad being, you know, still living in Rock Hill, um, obviously they both went to Clemson. Uh, I know they watched the Clemson games, um, but they are absolutely, you know, pulling for Coach Beamer and the Gamecocks every single week. And, um, you know, it is a, a big point of um, my schedule for the weekends to make sure that my wife and, and my you know, family sort of know what I'm going to be doing and when to watch the Gamecocks play. Now, I'll tell you, man, I know you don't get here down here that often, but you have been back a few times. It's changed a lot around the stadium. I mean, the most thing, they've moved that Bojangles from across the street, and now it's a couple of blocks away. I mean, I, still I know over that one, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it has changed a lot, you know, and I thought what we had whenever Coach Spurrier was there was special. And then, I, you know, I saw those plans that they were sort of raising funds for whenever I was playing. I was like, OK, sure. I know how this goes. It starts out <laughs> as this, you know, the Taj Mahal and then it, it's sort of whatever we can afford. But, you know, I, I think uh, when I was down there this summer to sort of help out with some the special teams camps and whatnot, um, you know, I was blown away, of course, at the facilities. They they um, compared to the NFL. Uh, we didn't I never saw an NFL facility that looked quite like the one we have down there in Columbia. So that's certainly uh, that, that weight room that they have is unbelievable. I mean, it, it's soundproof and, 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 and it's built out to just, you know, build football players. So yeah, I think they have everything that, um, that they could need down there. And they've, they've certainly got, um, you know, a great opportunity to sort of build some, some quality players down there. Let's get into it, Spencer. Let's talk about your career. Obviously, a guy coming out, a very fair, uh, for those of you who don't know, outstanding soccer player in high school was Spencer Lanning. And then I believe it was a knee injury that, that turned you into football. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I tore my ACL, my um, 
between my sophomore and junior year of school. And, uh, you know, it was a huge setback, but, you know, I tell people this all the time and they always look at me like I'm a little bit crazy, but it was the best thing that ever happened <laughs> in my life because, you know, I look at where I would have ended up. I probably would have never gone to South Carolina, uh, being a Clemson fan growing up. Uh, and you know, that means I'd never, you know, would have met you, Dave, and, you know, would be talking here <laughs> right now. And I never would have met my wife and, you know, it, the rest is sort of history. So, you know, it, it absolutely, you know, you always hear that uh, everything happens for a reason. Uh, yeah. This this is true in this case for sure. Oh, we still would have met. I remember covering you hitting the game one and kick at the North South game as a senior at York. Yeah, and, that's right. Well, but I probably wouldn't have kept up with you as, as much if you hadn't come here. So yeah, and I was still I probably would have still been playing soccer. You know, so I was still been you know been a soccer guy. So yeah, it, it's crazy how everything turns out for sure. And let's hear it in your own words, complete with a Spurrier impression, if you feel good about it. How did you get to be the guy with two last names? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Coach Spurrier is a uh, – he's probably got one of the best sense of humors, and, and he has a soft spot for uh, specialists. And, um, you know, but make no mistake about it, he hated when he had to send me out there to punt. Like, uh, and, and there were several times where uh, he sent me out there to kick a field goal in some pretty big games where, you know, I would start jogging out there on fourth and two, you know, like sort of looking at Coach Spurrier because we'd all look at Coach Spurrier to figure out what was going to happen. And he'd already just say, oh, you just kick it. All right. You'd go running out there. You know, you're just you're like, oh, man, I better make this field goal. But uh, the landing Spencer thing was funny. So he uh, had. I think uh, that he sort of got mixed up on whether my first name was landing or my last name was landing. And, you know, he comes out at practice one day and, you know, we're warming up to kick field goals first period with the team. And he's like, Lanning, is your first name, is it Spencer Lanning or is it Lanning Spencer? And I was like, my first name is Spencer coach. He's like, Oh, I know. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. And then it was like the next press conference. He called me Lanning Spencer. So, yeah, ever since that, I, yeah, that's where my Twitter handle came from and pretty much all my handles came from. Um, but yeah, listen, I can't think of a, of a, a greater influence on my, you know, football development than coach Spurrier. And uh, he, he is a, by every other definition, he's a winner. <laughs> During your career, Spencer, especially the later part of it, you place kicked and punted. Um, and these days, I mean, you do see it occasionally, um, but not a lot. I think a lot of uh, coaches prefer to have one punt or one place kicker. Has the game just changed since then? Were you the, the special exemption or was it just, you know, th this was the best guy at the time. So that's why you got to do both. Yeah, I would like to think that I was special, but I think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think I'd be lying to myself a little bit there. No, I think that I, I probably was just, uh, I was the best, you know, Coach Beamer and Coach Perrier said that the best man in each position was going to play. Uh, you know, I punted when um, Suckup was a senior, um, you know, and was able to sort of take over that and sort of grow into, you know, learning how to become a, an SEC special teams player. And then, you know, it sort of uh, won the kicking competition my junior year and, uh, yeah, you know, it is a lot on your leg, you know, but there are, it is, it is sort of useful. You just know that every time the offense is going to get the ball and we get to fourth down, I'm probably going to do something right. So you just, you're always warm. And I actually prefer looking back at it, how it was in the NFL. I actually prefer it because you were always sort of in the game. You didn't have the ability and we punted a lot in Cleveland. So I'm not saying that, uh, that it was like that, but there, there was some, you know, the chance of us punting only once or twice and sort of getting colder in the game. Sure, I get you. Looking back at your career, Spencer, what's the biggest kick you remember making? Oh, man. So biggest kick. I had a north-south, uh, you know, if you want to call it a game winner. Uh, there were 
I sort of went back and looked at some film the other day uh, about the the Georgia game, my uh, second game kicking field goals. You know, uh, we went up to Raleigh and I sawed off right. a PAT and sawed off a 27, 24, 26. I mean, it was it was a very short field goal. Um, and that was my first two kicks. Uh, and it was a bobbled snap on a hold. So, you know, to come and go play in Georgia where you're talking about that, that environment and football and what it means, that place was loud. And uh, we went five of five that day. And, uh, you know, I, I was – fortunate enough and that just goes to show you what kind of coach coach beamer is he said spence you're our guy and we're going to stick with you and and you know i was very i was certainly understood after that first game if he would have considered making a change um because i, I probably was a little bit rattled but you know uh those, those five field goals um you know that game were, were huge to me um it, just looking back and sort of getting that momentum um and then the 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 three field goals that we hit in florida my senior year yeah. Um, and that whole game, I mean, there were so many games my senior year that you just, it, it was like, you know, the adrenaline was flowing the entire game and you just, you could sort of look back and, and feel that you were a part of something special. I've always wanted to ask other players this, Spencer, because, you know, even after the Alabama game in 2010 and you realize it's like, you know, this could be pretty special. Things maybe got tempered a little bit the next week at Kentucky, but then you guys are going down to Florida with the SEC's title on the line and pretty one-sided game. You know, Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a dominant game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys were ahead. I was sitting up there in the box thinking, I'm I'm not going to write this like it's going to happen. I'm not I'm not going to believe this until it's actually done. Right. Not used to seeing South Carolina in this position. What were you guys thinking on the sideline? I'm sure you were confident, but was there ever that moment of like, you know, you you're you're this close to Atlanta and and it's about to happen. Yeah, so I think coming into the game, we had some momentum. And, um, you know, obviously it was the it was Coach Springer going back to the swamp. And, you know, it was going to be a big game. It was going to be Nash, CBS, televised. You know, you, you had everything that you would want to be the setup, the precursors for, uh, uh, you know, a Hallmark game, so to speak. And um, I just remember the opening kickoff, I believe, was returned for a touchdown by Florida. And I don't yeah. think we even came close to touching them. I think we had two guys, like, knocked out. They like trap blocking us on the back end. And I just remember thinking, because Jay Wooten was kicking off. And uh, I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, that's, this can't be how this goes down today. And, uh, you know, we had Marcus Lattimore uh, running the ball, like, uh, you know, an absolute savage that he is running. And uh, Steven Garcia playing with a little bit of his chip on his shoulder and, you know, just typical Garcia and uh, everything, you know, we hit it in stride. And I think that, um, yeah, it was one of those things that you sort of realize later in the second half after, you know, they made some big-time mistakes and we made some big-time big, big time plays on defense that you realize that you were part, you know, we were going to be part of something special. Yeah, it's kind of funny as an aside there. I believe it was the year before in 09 playing Clemson. They returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Shane Beamer has always joked about it, said, after that Florida game, man, maybe I should just let them return the opening kickoff. I know. That's going to be the result. Um, but, you know, you guys finished that season, SEC's champions, and you win your second straight over Clemson. What do you remember about that Clemson game in 2010? As I recall, that was one where, and again, it is a bias, and I'm, I'm proud of it, the Rock Hill guys really showed out. You, Stefan, Tory Gurley, all you guys had really big games. Devontae as well. Yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll always, you know, it's obvious that South Carolina Clemson always means something to me and my family, um, you know, and my have my grandparents there and, um, you know, uh, looking back after football's done, that's what I miss more than anything, right? You know, you miss playing the game, but you miss uh, you miss having your family and your folks there. And, you know, that those games were always special. But that Clemson game that year, um, you know, hit a couple big field goals. Absolutely, some of the Rock Hill guys just showed out. 
Um, you know, but it was another one of those games where uh, we we really sort of hit it in stride and we just had a little bit of swagger and confidence about us going into Death Valley. And it was another nighttime game. You know, it was a little warm, crisp air. It was just a perfect football weather. Uh, I can just really remember uh, after I punted late in the game, they left their uh, – defensive safe out there uh and Daquan Bowers I believe was yeah. lined up across there's a picture out there um of me of him looking at me like what are you talking about you know as he's running by me and somebody asked me what I was saying I'm always a pretty big smack talker when I was I always thought it was funny right that a punter could talk smack you know to a bunch of real football players so uh, I think I was jawing at Daquan and then all of a sudden I realized that there was no one really around me to protect me <laughs> And I think I saw him, I saw that little twinkle in his eye. He was just like, I, you know, I think he was about enough, had enough of my mouth, but there was a, it was a pretty cool picture floating around of him. Uh, you know, I don't even remember what I said to him, but I just remember that I had the opportunity and I took it. <laughs> and last question, Spencer, as we wrap this thing up, how many nights do you just lie awake, awake, you know, you can't get to sleep and you realize I'm from Rock Hill. Why didn't I go to Northwestern instead of your comprehensive? You know what? It's another one of those things that worked out well for me, though. You know, at one time, Dave, how about this? I tried to transfer for uh, soccer, and uh, because I'd already established eligibility in York, where my mom was a teacher, um, uh, you know, for for twenty something years, you know, they uh, they said that I'd have to enroll in a bunch of like IB and AP classes and all sorts of stuff to transfer. Ended up not doing it once again. Everything <laughs> happens for a reason, right? <laughs> Well, you know, you look good in purple, but that's okay, man. You sure, sure. We're garnet black. I want to thank uh, you, Spencer, for joining me today. I want to thank everybody who tuned in. Uh, please keep in mind that we still got Gamecocks now. My newsletter comes out four or five times a week. It's a two-week free trial where I'll give you all the inside stuff that I'm hearing from the program and can put you out. And, of course, we'll have another countdown to kick off next week as South Carolina finishes up Kentucky and hosts Troy. So, once again, I want to thank Spencer Lanning. For joining me. I want to thank all you fans for uh for tuning in and we'll see you next week. DC, check it out. See you guys.